So a lot of the lessons that we had were revolving around, you know, wait and see what the Lord uh, has planned for you. But I'm going to uh, uh, extend from that and talk about what we had uh, talked about on Tuesday's weight room. And no, we weren't pumping iron. It was just, uh, it was just uh, what we called the small groups with uh, kids in my grade. And uh, the verse of, verse of the day, that day was John 13, 34, was a new command I give you, love one another as he, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's a lot of loves. Um, so um, in the first part it says, it's a, it's a new commandment, which it's all it says is Jesus uh, said that. Um, they, they've heard it from the Old Testament, from um, the scriptures, but they've never heard uh, Jesus you know, actually say that. And then it's called for us to love everyone, the Lord, your, your neighbor, uh, the enemy. Everyone, everyone around you deserves love, and they deserve love with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, all of yourself and uh, your, your bowels, I, as Kyle has alluded to before. Um, so uh, going off from that love, uh, uh, Ozzy talked about uh, empathy and uh, sympathy. So um, when I first um, heard this, I'm like, oh, the, the same thing. But I learned that you know sympathy is more along the lines of, of pity and just kind of feeling sorry for that person and maybe asking like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. But uh, empathy is it's it's such it's such more than that. It's feeling that emotion with that person. It's sitting down with a sad person and sharing that sadness together and just being a one-minded Christian. And I find that, I find that very hard to do. Um, I find that, you know, you may not even know the person very well, and you have to sit down and basically become one with them as, as, as God was. And I think, I think uh, we, have to, we have to be like God in that sense. And then, you know, in order for us to, to do that, we have to look with, the, look with the eyes of God, which is to look, you know, inward into someone and not judge on base of appearance. Because we as people, we, we make assumptions off a person in the blink of an eye like that. You know, we don't know, we don't know what they've been through. We don't know, we especially don't know their past or their future like God does. I mean, he knows what we're going to become and what we've been through. New kid at school, he... He walks in, and you may become friends with them, but if they have, you know, a facade of happiness, we don't know what happened to their, to his parents three years ago. We, we never do, and that's why empathy is, you know, so hard for us to grasp. So, uh, summary of, a summary of this, uh, you know, see people through, through the eyes of God, you know, look, look inward with, with God's vision, and uh, love them for, you know, who they are, and not just what your your eyes your eyes tell you and then just wait and see what the Lord does. morning um, I had a, I had a blast at camp too as Callan said 
it was so much fun. And uh, I will be talking about a class that I had on Wednesday with Ozzy as my teacher, and it's about worrying. So I know we've all had those moments where we've had to worry, or where we have worried, and um, one that I have had, I mean, as a student, is putting off that assignment to the last second and procrastinating and then worrying and worrying and worrying all day about that assignment like, oh no, I'm gonna, I don't know if I got the right things on it, I don't know if I answered all the questions, and then it, it passes over into other classes and it makes you forget what you did in the other classes. And that's one thing that Jesus says is, uh, if y'all wanna read in your old Bibles, Matthew 6, 20, uh, 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is, li is not life more than food, and the body more than your clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sorrow or reap store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. I tell you that not even Sol Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is, if that is how God uh, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you, you of little faith. Do not, so do not go worrying, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, for all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubling of its own. So, one thing that Jesus is telling the disciples is that there is no reason for worrying, because he provides for you. So seek his kingdom and righteousness. And, uh... I like what one person said in my class. He said that we, are, we were lucky enough to go to this camp and our families were able to provide for us to go to this camp. And we are lucky to have families that are able to provide for us and we're able to live in this free country. And um, so there's no reason for us to worry. And um, we don't need worry to just completely consume our lives because that can just cause so many problems and not to live our everyday lives. And um, Jesus calls not to worry because he is in control and that's enough to wash all the worries away in our lives.
Good morning, church. Um, so just like Andrew said, I had a blast this last week. Um, one of the lessons that stood out to me was about judgment. A guy named Trevor told it. He's a counselor. Sadly, he does not go here. Um, but in a nutshell, he said that if one were to judge someone, they must first look at themselves and ask them, am I perfect? Do I have, do I have flaws or issues of my own? If you want to, you're more than welcome to. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. It says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, there are people who condemn on people with small flaws while they are ignoring their massive relevant flaws. The speck in the eye represents the ones with small flaws, and the wood in the eye represents those with the big flaws that they choose to ignore. In John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, it states, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is... Sorry, who is without sin, be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. This goes back to what I stated. Only those who are faultless have the right to pass judgment upon others. If one were to be flawless, they would judge. However, if no one is flawless and they have flaws of their own, they do not have the ability to judge. Remember these verses. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Don't judge, knowing that you have flaws of your own, or you too will be judged by someone who may have less flaws than you. Be So I was actually given comfort, which is very interesting because if you ask anybody, they probably say, I make more people uncomfortable than I myself am uncomfortable, whether it's a call at like 10.30 at night or just something random. But uh, the verse of the day for that uh, was Jesus wept that people standing nearby said, see how he loved him. And really that's just kind of like even Jesus was uncomfortable in that moment and we don't usually think about the discomfort that Jesus is put in because, I mean, I was walking by the weight room, weight room, like some kids actually brought their like bench press and set up a weight room. And I just said to the fans, like, how are you guys so comfortable in this pain? And then I just realized they're not, you know, I mean, they're not comfortable, but they're pushing their bodies through something that they see they need to do to further their progression and whether it's the sports back home. And that was something that Jesus had to put himself through to better us and be able to give us that gift of life.
Good morning. Uh, I'd like to apologize in advance if my voice sounds like uh, death has come knocking at my door. Uh, I think I am just allergic to whatever air is in Camp Mandina. Um, but uh, I, like all these kids are saying, um, I've had a great time there. This is my first time at Camp Bandina. Um, but it was a blast for me, and I really enjoy uh, the lesson specifically, what we talked about, um, what was discussed uh, regarding waiting and seeing. Um, and on Friday, uh, Wes gave a bit of a recap of everything that we've talked about regarding waiting and seeing. Um, and uh, some specific things came out to me in that, uh, in that discussion, um, where he talked about misunderstanding Jesus. Um, how sometimes we often misunderstand what he's telling us, what he wants us to see. Um, sometimes we, we misunderstand that Jesus wants us to wait and see. Um, uh, a lot of the times we misunderstand what uh, things that we say, things that, things that others might say to us, um, but especially we misunderstand Jesus. Um, we, we focused on Matthew 7, 7, which I'll read right now um, in the NLT version. Keep on asking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Keep on seeking and you will find. And that's often a touchy verse for some people where it seems like we can ask Jesus for what we want and then we will see. We will ask and receive, we'll knock, and there should be a door that opens, right? Um, but sometimes we fail to see it. Um, Ozzy gave a good uh, example in our discussion group in our weight room that I was in uh, where he mentioned the, the Monsters, Inc., doors, um, where if you, if you all remember that movie, uh, there's all these lines of doors. It's a, it's a door factory of sorts, and there's an infinite number of doors. Um, and I think that represents what oftentimes we, what this, what this verse is talking about, where there are so many doors, and we can knock on however many we want. Um, sometimes we'll knock on the wrong door, and we'll go in, and it won't be uh, what Christ wanted us to pursue. Um, sometimes we'll knock and the door will open, but we'll fail to enter it. Um, sometimes we won't even see the door and we'll fail to uh, even try and knock. Um, Wes was talking about this, referring to Peter um, when uh, in Acts where the church prayed earnestly for Peter to be released from prison, and then he was. And then Peter came back and knock on, knocked on their door, and the church disbelieved that their own prayer had been answered. They said, that can't be Peter. Peter's in jail. They prayed earnestly for Peter to be released. He was released. They didn't believe it, which is, it's silly, but it, it's often, you know, how we see prayer. That's how uh, we pray. We pray earnestly for something. It's answered, but we fail to see how, is it, how it was answered. <clears throat> but Jesus teaches us that often we have to seek before we find. Um, Jesus teaches us that when we pray, um, we have to look for how that prayer is answered. Sometimes we pray and then we fail to seek. Um, we don't even look. But uh, Jesus calls us to pray and then look for how that prayer is answered. Pray and then seek to find our answer. Um, he tells us to wait, to wait and to see. So in that recap, Wes really just highlighted everything that camp was about this week, everything that camp taught us regarding prayer what Jesus calls us to do, how he tells us to pray, and how he teaches us that we must wait before oftentimes we can see. Everything that these students had to say this morning are things that heavily impacted us throughout the week. It made us realize that we are not the only ones. It made us realize that we are not alone. And it really made us realize that we can lean in on the kingdom of God. That is one of the greatest things that we can do. And we can do that while we seek. It is, it is beyond a beauty thing that beauty of, of Christ being there for us, of Christ wanting us. We have a whole sermon from, from Jesus asking us, instructing us, encouraging us, correcting us. And it's things that we notice, just like you notice. So if you're wanting to learn how to love better, how to have some empathy, if you're wanting to learn how to not 
anxiously worry about the future, if you're wanting to learn how to judge people in a way that you would judge yourself, in a way where you can ask yourself, am I, am I perfect? And in the same breath answer, I have my flaws. If you can have that comfort or that discomfort, the same comfort, the same discomfort that Jesus had, if you want to learn how that, how that is, or if you just want to understand, if you want to try to understand, sometimes it's going to take a while. We're going to have to knock on several doors. We're going to have to turn around and close those doors. But the greatest thing there is that we are all walking together. And I encourage you to want to walk together. Look around you and see the people that you have. Wait and see. As you wait, see what he has done. As you wait, understand that he has been there. And then there will be a great final thing. So I encourage you guys to wait and see for the Lord. Let's all be standing. You see the need to come forward for prayers, uh, baptism, uh, to talk with somebody. Just let us know. Let's sing this together. I stand in praise you, but I talk about that a little bit later at this time uh, you can go fetch your kids <laughs> so uh, as we sing this prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper
make no mistakes, it was a joy to be at camp with these kids. Uh, I, you, as Kyle said, might hear my voice a little bit differently today because we had such a great time at camp. I also want to be sure you understand that um, none of these kids were applauding for the performance that the person did up here. I have decided it's their new way of saying amen. Um, and they do it a lot at different times and all those kinds of things. So as we begin to think about what God did for us, let's give God a great big round of applause. I had the privilege of teaching about 45 uh, fifth through sixth graders, and we even had some younger kids with us all week. And we chose to save the lesson, this lesson for the last day of camp. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus runs through several commands, Ten Commandments, somewhere in the first five books of the Bible. But He makes sure and focuses us beyond uh, where people have been willing to go with it thus far. He was there as the living word, and he said, there's more than what you've seen. This one provides a very specific example of that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, which, by the way, is quoting Leviticus. But it had lived with them long enough and they had practiced it so poorly long enough that they said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then in such a powerful way, Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. I love the way that when we read the Gospels, we not only see Jesus teaching us how to understand the Word better, we see Jesus living the Word. We see Jesus unfolding the Word, not simply by the way He spoke, but He unfolds the Word by the way He lives. Church, children of God, there is no reason that Jesus goes to the cross if he doesn't live the principle of love your enemy. It is so quick and easy for us to point our fingers at other folks. There's an enemy, there's an enemy, there's an enemy. But in reality, if we take Paul's words seriously, that in our sin, in our rebellion, in our saying God will do it our own way or God will just define all the rules for ourselves, we have become enemies of God. And when Jesus goes to the cross, he says, I'm not going to love them because they're good enough. I'm gonna, not going to love them because they're the right brand. I'm going to love them just where they are, even though they are enemies. He did this and it unfolded every mercy of God for us in a way that it has never been unfolded before. But for Jesus, it wasn't just simply stepping into it. It wasn't an easy process. Jesus waited for God, trusting in God's love. He said to God, I want you to lead me where you want me to go. And God had led him to his baptism to begin his ministry, had led him to heal what we don't know is a count of how many people to teach, I would say, incalculable lessons that he spoke. But then God led him to Jerusalem, the third Passover of his ministry. And Jesus knew where he was going. He had been waiting for God. And God had said, somehow, some way, he knew that that was where this was the time was right. And Luke chapter 22, verse 39 says that Jesus, as he's preparing, goes out to the Mount of Olives. His disciples followed him there. And on reaching this place, he said to them, his disciples, and he says to us, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then he, Jesus, withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. And Jesus knelt down 
and pray. For so many of us, waiting for God, we think somehow or another that means we need to sit still and, and watch our watch and okay and twiddle our thumbs. Waiting for God will never be about inactivity. It may be about finding stillness to hear God's voice, but it will never be about just doing nothing. In fact, most of the time when we wait for God, He says things to us that are difficult and maybe even painful. Jesus waits for God. He holds up his prayer, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And I don't know how many times he prayed that. Luke just records this once. The other gospels will say he went multiple times to pray. Father, let this cup pass. Father, let this cup pass. And if there is nothing else that Jesus does in his ministry that is recorded for us that you connect to, connect to this. Because just like you and me, when God says, there's where we're going, and it looks difficult, it looks painful, he too stopped and said, do I really have to go? But it is because he waited for God, and because when God said, pointed that direction and said, now, Jesus said, lead me. Not my will, but yours be done. We're going to take the bread, not because we're good enough, but because the one that we had made our enemy by our own sin said, I'm going to love my enemies. We're going to take the bread because he waited for God, trusting in God's love, waited for God, and then God unfolded it, and he said, lead me, and he put his not his thoughts, not his words, not some sort of symbol or um, illustration of his love. He put his body on the cross for you and for me. If you would like to take your bread out and hold it while we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the day you've given. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. Father, we thank you for all that you have done, for your mercies that are incalculable. We thank you above all else, particularly at this time, for the grace and mercy that you did in giving us Jesus. And we thank you for his willingness to love beyond anything that we probably can fully comprehend, to love by laying his body on the cross. And so we thank you for the body of Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for this bread. It's in your son's name we pray. Waiting for God can look like so many different things. And I said earlier that it's, it's seldom ever about inactivity, but when Jesus said, it is finished, he died. There was no life left in him. There was no sense in which he was just sort of in a coma or in some sort of stasis. He let his life go. John particularly, and we've been in John in Sunday morning Bible class. John particularly emphasizes that Jesus' life was not taken from him. Jesus gave it. And then he trusted God's love. Trusted God's promise that God 
would not let death have the final word. We are given the body and we are given the blood. The blood of a new covenant that says that sin and death do not have the last word through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we take this cup, as it becomes part of you, I pray that you once again experience, if you've been baptized, you experience coming out of the water and that you let your mind take you to that, that moment when God said, that'll do. Death, you don't get him any longer. And he reached down and raised Jesus up for all eternity, for all people, and for you and for me. I invite you to open your cup. Father, we continue our prayer of thanks. Thanks for what Jesus did. Thanks for your faithfulness in raising him. But thanks for what he continues to do. The Holy Spirit among us. The promise that you'll always be with us. The promise that your forgiveness that comes through your blood continually cleanses us. And ultimately, Father, we... We join Jesus in waiting and trusting your love that someday you will bring us all home. As we take this cup, may our hearts be lifted a little closer to that day when all things are made new. We thank you for the fruit of the vine. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for the opportunity to drink of this cup. We pray this in Jesus' name. have the opportunity to give back and to a certain extent we have the opportunity to follow in Jesus' steps. One who gave everything, we get the opportunity to give our time, give our talents, give ourselves, our heart, soul, mind and strength to his work. At this moment we're called on to give of our finances. It is my prayer that you do so in such a way that says, God, I'm going to give to the extent that I have to trust in your love. God, I'm going to give because you're leading me to give. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to give. And let's join and close out our time of prayer and give thanks for the gift. Father, I want to thank you for the generosity of everyone here. I want to thank you for... The, the way in which you've allowed us to participate in your ministry. We pray that we will be faithful servants, that we will wait on you and look for the ways that you lead us to give. We pray that you'll let us lead us into generous and gracious and cheerful giving. I want to thank you for the generosity of this congregation. And so I hold these gifts up to you and ask your blessings. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. Uh, kids, you can head this way. I bet I'll meet you at the front with the kids' gift bucket. Again, this goes to uh, support the schools that uh, Joaquin uh, runs in the Dominican Republic, so please be generous with your gifts. Okay, I was going to give a uh, brief uh, update or have everything about camp. Uh, <laughs> love to hear that. <laughs> uh, this year at camp, you know, the, the theme was um, wait and see. And um, it was amazing on how many kids we had. Now, if you were at camp, uh, I would ask you to stand. 
including staff, um, anybody in different roles, campers. Thank, awesome. Thank y'all so much. This year, I would have to say that uh, with the pandemic, um, as uh, the board was really going over and, and trying to figure out how camp would happen and happen safely, uh, we did an outstanding job of keeping things clean, um, using hand sanitizer. Uh, if, if you didn't catch it going to the gazebo, then you're not going to get it. <laughs> so... Um, the thing I will have to take away with this year was uh, it kind of came, everything kind of came to me uh, as we were teaching class, uh, our last class that we had, uh, the, the graduates memorized all of Psalm 27 and each one had a, its own, their own part of that scripture. And uh, what was amazing to me was they backed each other up. So the one who's next to them, they memorized theirs just in case that they forgot it. And then it, they figured out that, oh, we have to memorize this because the lights will not be on. So you're not going to be reading anything. And that little candle that they have is not going to show a whole lot. But uh, at that, what we did was, uh, uh, as the song was finishing up by, our, by the guys who uh, did our singing for us this year at camp, uh, we essentially turned all the lights out in um, the OC, Onstad Center, and uh, and had some background uh, music going on. And the graduates essentially were placed throughout the, the OC, and they all kind of came to the aisle, middle aisle, and they had those little flickering candles, and they held it up. And then the very first one all the way in the back essentially started quoting Psalm 27. And they went went forward with that and they lit up a door whenever Wes and I were looking at the theme and y'all don't maybe not realize this but Wes always is starting camp next next year's camp at this year's camp and that's how much he puts into it um, and so the theme that had started out was the door but then as we seek and we knock what happens to the other people on the other side or what happens to us. And that's how it ended up becoming the theme for next year is to be found. And um, I think it all kind, kind of come to fruition through everything that happened at camp. We had, I think the last count was like seven baptisms. And um, that's a true blessing of the teachers in those classes. Uh, I think the speakers that come and, and, um, and talk to the, to the, uh, to the whole camp uh, I don't know how much the campers realize this, how much camp brings to those who are there in support staff teaching classes and, and the blessing that you guys give us. It is just um, a huge uh, way to be able to look and see how much you grow through the years. I think this is the 10th year that Sandy and I have taught the graduates. And I go back and I was sharing this with, with them that there are these moments that always remember the triplets class with them coming in. We did the cardboard confession thing and, and, and they, I would have to say one of the times where they really opened up the scripture and started really, really doing a lot of searching. Then I remember Jameson's class graduating. It was the glow sticks and we went to gazebo time and ended up being the weather was bad. And so we ended up in the um, uh, pavilion and all of a sudden, one person heaves a glow stick. I don't know where it came from. Another one throws another one. We're singing songs and trying to be serious, but glow sticks are flying. But all of a sudden, it became a moment of just reverence of them. Two, two or three people got down and started positioning these glow sticks into a cross. I still have the picture. Uh, this year, during class with the, with the graduates, I went through and I asked each one of them, I said, what does that scripture that you are memorizing, what does it mean to you? And all of a sudden, this light bulb comes on and it becomes real, not just in a 
a presentation or trying to show something, it became personal and it became real to them. And so now they're looking at that scripture and really digging down deep in, uh, in the meaning of what it is. And so I just want to say thank you, uh, especially to this church. There's many of y'all who supported some kids to go. It is not cheap, and it's not going to be cheap next year because I think the cost is going to have to go up. And so we're going to have to try to figure out a way through this church how we're going to support our kids to go to camp. And because the cost will probably be over $200 per kid. And we're working really hard to keep that cost down. Um, we do have, Laura is the treasurer on, on our SCYC board. Chelsea is the register. Uh, they were hurting really, really, really bad and elected a president. We won't, add, oh, you, this guy, y'all don't want to know him. But <laughs> it happened. And so the thing is, is that as we look at how things go and the planning, we need your support, but more than anything, we need your prayers. And thank y'all again for your support. He started that line about president, and he looked at me, and I thought, I wasn't at the meeting, and he didn't say anything to me. I'm fairly certain it's not me. I want to let you know, remind you again, that coming up on Sunday, August the 18th, on the 15th, three Sundays away, will be our back-to-school blessing, uh, where our, we'll be praying over our students, but uh, as that Sunday moves forward, will be our, our the, the Loving BISD will be sponsoring the, uh, the prayer walk that'll take us throughout the whole city. Any campus that you want to go to will be open, and you'll be able to go there and pray for it. I want to encourage you. This is one of those great opportunities to reach out to folks in your neighborhood. If they have school-aged children, this Sunday particularly will be an opportunity for them to sense that this church and what we're doing as a body and what Christ is doing is really about trying to bless their children. And so I think in a very unoffensive, very open kind of way, you can ask them and say, the kids are going to be blessed and have them come and be a part of that. If you've got grandparents that, that really... Love your children. All grandchildren, all grandparents love their grandchildren, but who would like to be a part of that? This would be a great Sunday for them to be in attendance and be part of that. Again, we'll have some sort of meal together here at the building and then send everybody out on the prayer walk. And finally, we would really like for everybody who's going to be out on the prayer walk to have your big, bold LJCC T-shirts. Want to represent this congregation. We're out there trying to make a difference. By the way, not just for our kids, but for the entire school district. Amen. You can order those online on the homepage, front homepage of our website. You can click the button and it'll take you through the process of picking your size and even paying for it online. So it'll all be very, very, very easy. Jerry? I'd like to thank everyone for your attendance here, especially our guests. If you look in front of you, you should see a little light blue card that says guest on it. If you would please fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable with. We'd like to have a record of your attendance. You can just drop it in the box there at the back. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Uh, promise not to sell your information to someone that wants to sell you a car warranty. Uh, once again, check the caring and sharing. We have the printed form. You can go online and see the same things. There's uh, several announcements in here to keep you updated with what's going on and what's happening uh, with some prayer lists and just things that's going on. I'd like to make note of some special things here. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're going to have a uh, wedding shower for Lexi Vestal and Harvey Travis. If y'all would, tra Travis Harvey, said it backwards. Y'all stand up. I'm going to embarrass you. Go ahead and stand up. All right, thank y'all for being here. Appreciate y'all. And that'll be today. From 2 to 3, it is a couple shower, guys. Okay. Um, also, a uh, note of uh, excitement uh, to announce the birth of Emma Ann Lane to George and Kelly. Uh, Thursday morning, so excited about that. So uh, good, good, good to have that happening. Um, I have one other note here. Uh, let's to add to our prayer list for J.D. Shorts. He'll be 
uh, doing some yearly tests. Uh, been cancer-free for 10 years, hoping for 11 on our way to a lifetime of that. So we want to include uh, him in our, our prayer list and thankful for what God has granted him. Uh, I would like to make one other note. Uh, Deborah Lee was airlifted to this past week to uh, Houston. She's had at least two surgeries. She's still very sick. Uh, let's check with Zane and, and keep her in our prayers. Uh, we have several others. I just wanted to mention Deborah since she was just sick this week. And, uh, and like once again, check the caring and sharing. So thank you very much for your attendance. Uh, if you would, go with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to praise you and honor and glorify you. And we're just so thankful for the week of camp that has transpired. And just, Lord, we're just thankful for the youth and for all those kids that were there. Just help us as we train the future leaders of this community, of, this, of your church. Uh, we just ask your blessings upon them, their blessings upon us. Uh, Lord, just ask that everything that was done is in accordance with your will and brings glory and honor to you, not to us, but to glorify you and to glorify Jesus. Uh, Lord, just pray for Deborah Lee and just ask that you would be with Zane and just help us to minister to them through this time. We just ask that you be with everyone on our prayer list, those that are, are, sick, are sick and uh, suffering, and just ask your blessings upon them and just bring them their health. Uh, Lord, we're just thankful for the new birth, for uh, the Lane's baby, and just uh, pray that they will have the wisdom and the knowledge how to raise her to walk up in your ways, and, and that she can uh, be a faithful Christian to you. Uh, Lord, just uh, thank you for all that you've done. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We're going to do a mini gazebo. So the graduates, come up here first. And then everybody else can get around them. And then we'll sing this song together. Anybody else who wants to join them can. <laughs> 